catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Digital lending. This is the use of online technology to originate and renew loans in order to deliver faster and more efficient decisions. Examples are personal loans and credit cards, which both offer a way to borrow funds and have many of the same standard credit provisions. In both loan and credit card arrangements, you'll typically find funds offered from a lender to a specified interest rate monthly payments uh they usually include principal and interest sometimes late fees underwriting requirements amount limits and etc but beyond the similar attributes uh with personal loans and credit cards there are also key differences such as the repayment terms now credit card is not exactly a very popular thing in nigeria so for those who are new to this conversation a credit card is a type of payment card in which charges are made against the line of credits instead of the account holders cash deposits so instead of you withdrawing from the amounts you already have in your account they provide a line of credit for you and you withdraw and make payments from that line of credits although failure to pay off the credit card on time could result in interest charges and late fees in nigeria and across africa available records show that credit cards aren't a thing yet but fintechs are inching closer to making traditional financial processes that seem out of reach to the larger population much more common According to a credit card penetration forecast published by Jay Degenhard in February 2021, the estimated credit and penetration rate in Nigeria is projected to reach about 2.6% in 2025. And the penetration rate here is the share of the total population who use credit cards. Meanwhile, debit card penetration in Nigeria is projected to reach about 28.7% by 2025. Though fintech has transformed and is still transforming the continent and opened the gateway to new tech innovations, the idea of credit worthiness hasn't exactly been digitized at a large scale across income levels. Is digital lending the new fintech revolution? Well, to discuss this today is the CEO and co-founder of CredPal, a fintech startup that offers customer and consumer credit through credit cards and loans to Nigerians. As a CEO, he leads the development and execution of external operations and far-reaching changes in CredPal. Before CredPal, our guest co-founded a first-rate technology corporation that continues to provide superior enterprise solutions to governments and establishments across Africa known as Evolve Technologies. Fentolu Ola Ogun is our guest for today. Welcome, Fentolu. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Anthony. How ready is Africa in embracing the idea of building a credit history that is fully digital? I think we're ready. Uh, and the good thing about that is the fact that a couple of fintechs in the lending space, for instance, even as far back as um, the early 2000s, uh, we had the likes of Branch, you know, Tala, you know, who built a very robust and digital business across Africa. And that has continued, you know, picking up, you know, even in Nigeria, you have popular players in the field, right? So I think for us as a country and as a continent, Digital lending, you know, is existing, right? And then the second part to that is the fact that most of the borrowers, you know, they want to use multiple services across board, right? And then there's now a need for proper credit history, login and checking. And that's largely because, you know, we've seen cases of customers borrowing from A, B, C, D, E, you know, 
all around and they're not repaying back, right? So beyond even the personal need for each lender, across the entire ecosystem, it's a huge need because you know, as digital lenders you know, keep coming up, there's a need for us to ensure that borrowers are not borrowing money across several lenders and not paying back. So it's here to stay. And one thing that we've also seen is that there are a couple of other startups too. For instance, there's one called Camera Chain who are actively trying to democratize and, and mainstream the credit worthiness space as a credit industry space where the lenders can submit particularly new bad borrowers you know, into that database and other people can kind of like check it out to be sure before they borrow the best money. And also uh, the good part is that the government too is also playing a key role in that too, in Nigeria particularly. And we've seen a huge growth in the number of you know, credit bureau data, you know, across most of the credit bureaus. So we currently connect to all three credit bureaus in Nigeria. And for most of our customers, you know, we typically get at least one record, you know, from them. So I think it's growing and it's something that certainly will keep getting better and improving. So in the last uh, couple of years, we've seen the numbers keep rising, but a lot of people are still not used to the idea of a credit card. So uh, what's your take on this and how soon do you think this would totally become very popular, just like how fintech came in and took the space totally? Education is very important when it comes to credit cards. Now, it really is simple to explain. You borrow money, you pay back over a couple of months with principal and interest, right? It's simple and straightforward. But with the credit card, is slightly different because you have several parameters. You have your billing date, you, know, you have your due dates, and also some can carry balances, and some cannot carry balances and the rest of it. So it's a bit technical, you know, and if you look at the journey of our business, that's quite far, right? Our initial products, you know, which we launched in the market was a buy now, pay later product, right? Where you can buy a TV, you can buy a phone, you know, you can buy an item and then pay in installments. Right, and we're quite deliberate about that because one, first of all, establish a behavior where customers could buy items and then pay in installments, right? And after that, you know, a credit card came out just shortly after that, you know, that allows the same customers, you know, either use the credit card to still buy the same item and pay over installments, right? Or they could take the card and pretty much do anything with it. They could pay for their bills, they could pay for, they could buy coffee, they could buy food. But the idea is just, you know, that simple buy now, pay later model where you can spend now and you can pay later. Now, as the customer that uses our platform, you then get to understand better, you know, what the terms are in terms of the billing dates, the late fees coming in if you don't pay up, you know, your full balance or a balance due by the end of your billing date and all of that, you know, interest and all of that is calculated, right? The product is actually, you know, the idea of being able to buy now and pay it. And I think that's really worked out for us because simple terms, you know, like I mentioned, our first product was final creator product, which was quite successful. And now we've layered on top of that, you know, credit card solution, which works in a similar manner, but, you know, with technicalities of credit card. But I think with that, it's easier for customers to understand better how a credit card can serve them. Okay, so you just talked about, you give us a little insight on why a customer should choose CredPow. But I want you to dive a bit into that and also let us know what the catch is. What class of the society also are you looking at targeting everyone or a particular class of the society? For our credit cards, right, one thing I tell everyone is that with a credit card, credit card you really need It's a must for everyone and I'll tell you why that. So most credit cards will charge you upfront, right, which means that at this percent, once you get into the credit card scheme, you are paying some money upfront, right? But with credit card, first of all, if you don't use it, you don't pay for it. So I can give you a credit card now and if you never use a credit card, you never have to pay for it at all, right? That's the first step. So it's something that is quite convenient because all your fees and everything you need to pay on the credit card are only deducted based on what you use, right? And after you use it, right? So for us, the first step is being able to provide a solution that is, you know, um, that is, I'll call it um, 
more convenient, right, um, on that side. So the second would be the fact that, you know, like like I tell a lot of my friends, you know, and people that I interact with, uh, there's always that time you know, in your life where you need cash, right? Even the richest person in the world, you know, runs short of cash. It could be as simple as your bank account not being able to load, you know, maybe your bank has technical issues and all of that, right? And you have money in bank account, but you can't use it. And that is why credit card is very handy. I have a couple of credit cards from the US and uh, I use them mostly when I travel, I you know for it's not purchases where you know just feel like oh I don't need to I need to pay for it at once, right? So it's something that everybody should have. Like I said, it's something once in a while, it could be once in a year, it could be once in two months, it could be every month, you know, you always need that extra cash. And the good thing about the credit card is that it's always open all through the validity period, right? So if you're valid for one year, then you have to open also the one year. You don't have to apply or reapply or do anything. And if you don't use it, you don't pay for it. Like it's so it's it's super easy, it's super convenient, you know use a credit card and that's why i'll advise you know everyone to use a credit card and then for our target market our current focus now are people who have stable income right and the easiest of that market is who are employed so if you have a job you're in a salary every month no matter how small or how it is you know i'm sure there's always going to be a place for you so your income will then determine where your limit is so for instance if you have very good income you likely get a higher limit right and if you're like slightly towards the lower income segment then you likely get a very small limit you know, so on that side, so what we've tried to do is that we've tried to satisfy a wider market segment. You know, but our sweet spot is the middle class. So a typical middle class, you know, is where our sweet spot is in terms of our market. But generally, we would accommodate people from you know a wider spectrum. Let's get straight into credit worthiness because I seem to believe that in a few years' time there'll be a frenzy about credit history, credit worthiness, and those in the space now would kind of set the tone for the conversation around regulations and the discussion around it. On a general note, how does CredPal decide someone's credit worthiness if there's anything like that? I think that's the foundation of approving a customer, right? Because character and capacity are two very important factors. Your capacity is easy to determine from the person's income level. So for instance, if you earn a salary of, say, 500,000 naira, for instance, a month, you know, that's your capacity, right? Uh, but character is the tricky part. So someone could be earning a million naira a month and have a terrible character of not paying back on his loans, while someone is earning 100,000 naira and then will pay back on his loans, right? And that's where credit history comes in very handy. So currently, most of the digital lenders still rely on credit reviews. The good thing is that I'll say all of them have APIs. They might not be exactly reliable, but they all have APIs now, which means that, you know, we could make decisions very fast and instant, you know, in some cases, you know, with the data from the credit premium. They will also have a few startups who are coming up, who are creating credit data and marketplaces, which means that we could all share our data. I could submit all my bad and debtors, particularly, and then, you know, and if they try to borrow from someone else, the person sees that, oh, you owe CredPal this amount of money. And then in most cases, the new lender will ask the customer to clear his outstanding debt with CredPal before it can be advanced in the credits on their own side. So that in itself is also a deterrent for customers to behave badly because even if you behave badly with CredPal, the next lender will not offer you a loan because of your debt with CredPal, right? So on one side, and credit bureaus are doing a very good job at that. On the second side, too, we have several marketplaces who are coming up and data warehouses who are offering a similar solution. And all of this has been growing because, for instance, about three years ago when we just started, maybe out of every 100 customers, we're only going to be data for about 20 of them, that's about 20%. But now, you know, we're getting data upwards of 40%, you know, of our applications, which means that, you know, the, the credit bureaus and other sources are being populated and are growing in number. So we believe that in the next max five years, we should have a very robust, you know, credit history and worthiness check. Yeah, and to your point of credit worthiness for credit card customers, we take that very seriously, you know, because we do our best to offer competitive rates. And that means that we really want to give people who are credit worthy are credit cards so as to maintain the 
competitive rates in markets. Okay, in these times of cyber security issues and all, let's look at fraudulent activities and impersonation, which of course are quite common. With CredPal's credit card, is there liability coverage for unauthorized purchases? For now, we do not have that. What we do is that we build several layers of security into the use of our credit cards and that keeps getting better and better so as to minimize the chances of unauthorized access right but ultimately you know for now if your card is used it's going to be likely between you and the merchant and there cannot be solved in the merchant then for now you may not be able to solve but what we're planning for in the near future is work with most merchants to allow things like chargebacks you know and other things to be enforceable so which means that if a customer either gets a fraudulent transaction you know or he doesn't get value for what he's purchasing right there can be a form of chargeback on the customer's account but for now it's not currently available. Okay, diving deeper into cybersecurity, let's look at privacy and data management because it's fast becoming a very crucial conversation too because data is the new currency. What's CredPal's privacy policy like and how is it handled because finances are also a very touchy area for a lot of people around the world? We take privacy seriously at CredPal and that's why even internally, you know, we have the policies that guide that internally in terms of customers' information and, you know, to the point of impersonation and the rest of it. You know, most of the impersonation that happens in the industry comes from access to customers' private data, right, which could then go ahead and steal that data and then go to maybe request for a loan or something else somewhere. So we take that seriously because data privacy is for the benefit of the entire ecosystem and not for the benefit of the customer, right? And like I said, we have several measures in place that allows us to secure and protect our data. For most offensive data too, we do not warehouse them, you know, in places where there's this easy access, you know, for anybody. So in simple terms, we there are a lot of technical terms about this, which I can't go into in detail, but uh, in simple terms, we take our data privacy seriously and we have very strong controls around how data is shared. Let's talk about the most recent funding you got. How does this translate to that future that is being hoped for, Craig Powell? So the funding was a very big milestone for us in the current year, and that in itself has been one of the driving forces of our current drive, you know, towards making our credit cards mainstream, right? Our goal is to become the American Express out of Africa, which means that if you know American Express in the US or in Europe, then you know Craig Powell too, you know, from Africa, right? And for that, you know, it requires a whole lot of resources, it requires a whole lot of work, you know, and funding is a huge and significant part of that you new know, drive. So yeah, so it's a first step. You know, there's still gonna be a couple of other steps ahead that we know that we need to do. So we need to still do a bit more fundraising on that side too. But in terms of where we are right now, you know, we're seeing the progress with traction the funding and the good thing is that we also got funding from investors who are also strategic right so it's not just money we're getting in we're also getting in support we're getting in access to the markets too you know so for us it's important that we don't just get money but also get smart money it's money that can help us eat our next time so but yeah we're very excited about the last fundraise and we know that this is going to be you know a huge drive and a huge um push for the company and in the next couple of years credpal will be made that everyone can reckon with in africa for more than a decade, say 12 years, you've been providing solutions via businesses and ideas. Let's look into the future through your lens. What's the next new normal? What do you think it's going to be? And let's take a look more into fintech as a sector. What new normal do you envisage in the fintech sector? I think the new normal is already unfolding itself. Um, on one side, the pandemic is accelerating it. 
right? Which means that people are now forced to adopt technology at scale. For the retail businesses, they have to build some e-commerce, you know, put in some tech into their systems. And for the customers, they don't want to go into banking. Or customer doesn't want to wait and wait for PayPal to sign and all of that. The customer wants to do everything he wants to do, you know, there is mobile phone or his laptop, right? So you know, on one side, the pandemic is absolutely in the future. On the other side, too, the mobile phone has been one of the strongest drivers of the last decade. Everyone wants to do everything on their mobile phones. From dating all the way to financial services, you know, it's all mobile first now, right? And that in itself has been the biggest driver for fintechs because the customers want what they need at their fingertips, you know. So for that future, if you do not have a mobile first service, if you're not dealing with the customer at the level of the mobile device, let's even leave sense out of it. Let's even go background that level is mobile device, then there's a high chance that you will not be engaging the customer and you may not be in business for a long time. So it's important that everyone understands that digital, mobile first, you know, driving that level of engagement, you know, at the customer's level. Also these experience is also very important because the customer now, you know, sadly, with the likes of, you know, social media, you know, customers are starting to get shorter and shorter attention spans. You know, it affects everyone of us, right? So if your product isn't engaging or won't give instant value, there's a high chance that the customer is going to go to the next one without giving instant value. You know, so all of that is going to be the new norm and uh, we see that happening already. So just share with us a life lesson that the ecosystem has taught you. So one lesson is the fact that you have to just believe in yourself and you have to trust your gut with it. When we started Credpal, it came out of the of us seeing that business, uh, sorry, the, the country, you know, needed a service like Credpal, right? You know, initially we didn't get as much support as, as we're getting now, but if we had given up early then, we would have been able to do what we have today. So I think the first and most important thing for, you know, that I tell people is just trust your gut feeling, you know, and ready to go all the way. It's not going to be easy, but one thing is certain, you know, once you have the drive and once you can push through, you know, you're certainly going to at least have a level of success. Even if you fail, there's a little success in what you learn and what you can take on to the next thing you do in life. Wow. How quickly and fast can they reach you across social media and probably via email? What's the fastest way to reach uh, Credpal? So welcome across all channels, LinkedIn, quite active on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest of it. And also, if you have an app or you have an app to so have an in-app support, they can reach us through it. We've been speaking to the CEO and co-founder of Credpal. Credpal is a fintech startup that offers consumer credit through credit cards and loans to Nigerians. And before Credpal, our guest co-founded a first-rate tech corporation that continues to provide superior enterprise solutions to governments and establishments across Africa. It's known as Exolve Technologies. Thanks for the insights. Thanks for the time. We look forward to a more detailed conversation since I think we just scratched the tip. You're welcome. It's a pleasure being on this. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the shows here on africatechradio.com.